Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Join us every weekday at this time to discuss news, spend time in the Word, and receive answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, good morning, Kathy. Um, good morning. How's it out there? Hey, uh, uh, we've had this now for several days, but uh, you didn't tell people about your new studio with that fantastic. Uh, yes. Are you going to turn around and uh, play us a song sometime on that piano? <laughs> yeah, not so much. <laughs> Maybe I'll have Josh come down and do something for you sometime. So tell us yeah, about so your new. Tell us about your new downstairs. studio. About that. What about what um, happened? Uh, well, you know, we just decided the other wasn't working out well. The setup uh, when you were out, actually, I showed you where we were at, and and there were some issues with it sound-wise too. The right. sound was uh, reverberating a little too much, and when I showed you Plan B, I was like, "Well, you could possibly move it into this room," um, and you're like, "Oh, that'd be a great one." So sure enough, we went ahead and moved things down today. And our, you know, it's been a few episodes now, but. Um, move things down and I think this is going to work better we'll see if everyone you know let let me know if you hear my dogs more or less in this <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was hearing Casey barking a lot on on other things just the way the sound was echoing so yeah. hopefully and the way your house is fit. the way your house is built um, because uh, Josh and Emily are living with you yes um, that too. and so they're you know they work work there uh, you know again remotely periodically and both of them are there. Actually, they work from home all the time. All the time. So, so yeah. uh, we were we were always uh, having to coordinate. <laughs> hey, don't don't walk past yet. Uh, and they said, "Well, I got to go." You know, so they come down and I'd wave Josh <laughs> off. You know, go back up, go back yeah, up. Go, yeah. So uh, this is great, um, fantastic, and so hopefully uh, this will work a little better. Now, is there any uh, any story about two things in that room that that strike me are the piano? And, yes. and the clock. Are there any stories about that or where'd you get uh, yeah. them? Or? So the, the piano we have had now, it, it is an antique. Um, we bought it um, actually like, I don't remember if it was an auction type thing we did, but we bought it when we lived in Pennsylvania. Mm. But it is a Lester piano that two concert pianists owned prior to us. So they had kept it in phenomenal shape, um, got rid of it and they got a Steinway of course. Um, but this was one of their first pianos and uh, this is what my kids learned to play on. So that's fun for us. It's just a, a beautiful piece that always went well in our house. So there's not a huge story aside from we've had it for probably 20 years now or so. And, and your kids, um, your, kids your kids uh, play it? Yes, Joshua plays it very well. Mm. Caleb um, tinkers on it because guitar is his thing. Yep. Um, but once you know music, you know he can just sit down and turn it into a song just from what he already knows from guitars. So he can oh, good. gets around on it a little bit. Um, Anna tried lessons for a little bit. Um, wasn't her favorite thing. So it <laughs> didn't really stick with that. Um, and the clock itself actually comes from the Black Forest in Germany. Mm. When we lived um, in Europe, we lived in Germany for two years. I think you and I have talked about that before. And um, did a good job of, of making the most of that that was pre-kids it was just the two of us dan was working um with the air force and and with the nsa actually at the same time 
and I was teaching at the Department of Defense Dependent Schools in Wiesbaden, Germany. Uh -huh. And while we were there, double income, no kids, and we played a lot. <laughs> nice. And um, traveled all over. And so this room as a whole, if I could tilt my camera and show you different things, there are things from all kinds of different countries in this room in particular. We've got the German clock. We've got some things over from Russia. There's things from Prague in my case over here. And um, from France and from Amsterdam, everything in there. I've told the kids everything in there is tied to a memory of something we did when we traveled. So that's beautiful. Super fun. Yep. That uh, and that clock is, uh, you know, the Germany is known for clock making, mm -hmm. uh, particularly in the uh, Bavaria area. And uh, that's called a, uh, a grandmother clock. The grandfather clock is uh, one that stands on the floor. And a grandmother clock <laughs> is really, you know, kind of half of it. And it just hangs on the wall. Mm -hmm. um, interesting enough, uh, Linda and I, we have our clock that we have, similar to that. It's a grandmother clock uh, with the mm -hmm. pendulum and all that. Um, we got it in uh, Oberammergau. Oh, uh, I've been there. Uh, we have a funny story it, about Oberammergau. Oh, really? What, what happened there? By the way, just so everybody was, knows, Oberammergau is... It's in Bavaria, southern Germany. It's the town that uh, puts on the Passion Play mm -hmm. uh, in Germany every 10 years. And um, the reason is in 1620, uh, 16, I think 24, 34, something like that, the um, uh, plague hit the town, hit Germany. Mm -hmm. And it hit the town and they quarantined and said, okay, uh, nobody can come in and go out because we don't have it. So if we don't let anybody in, we won't get it. Mm. Okay, well, young couples <laughs> right. who wanted to see each other were from different towns. They snuck out, mm -hmm. um, and they got it, and they brought it in. So now they got it. And so they gather. This is a cool story. They gather uh, at the church, uh, basically in the center of town, Everybody in the whole town comes. Mm -hmm. And they said, we're going to fast and pray and see what God has to say. Oh, interesting. Can you, can you heal us and keep us from getting the plague? Because we don't want it. We don't want to have people dying because that's what was happening. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and what do you have to say? Um, and God says to them, are you going to be faithful to me? Yes. What is that? And, 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 and you know, do you understand what that means? It says yes. We were, we're going to honor you, and because you know it was so uh, uh, for them, it was such a big thing to have the passion, understanding the passion. Mm. They said, you know what? We're going to dedicate our life, our town, historically in per perpetuity, to have a a passion uh, uh, time where we have, bring everybody in and show them the truth of the gospel. And this is a really big deal when they do this, right? Yeah, and and so yeah. you know, if you heal us and pr protect us, we will we mm -hmm. honor we will honor you. So mm. they they God honored them. They didn't the the, the one that got, was sick healed. Nobody mm. came in. Nobody nobody uh, brought it in anymore. It didn't spread. They didn't. Nobody died. And so they said, okay, we're going to put on the passion play. And they <laughs> since sixteen thirty four. They put on the Passion Play every 10 years, and every 50th year they have a, a, a jubilee, and they do it on the 50th year too, so there's some years where there's twice. Wow. Um, and the only people that can be in the play mm -hmm. are people that live in the town. 
Oh, that's amazing. And so everybody that. who's shopkeepers and living there, they got to mm-hmm. become, you know, and the, by the way, Linda and I have been there several times, but um, there's as many as 500 people on stage. Mm-hmm. To do the passage is Palm Sunday to, to Easter Sunday. Oh, that's amazing! Um, and it's yeah. remarkable. And they do, and they they still do it. It's faithfully been done ever since for three hundred and some some years, three, you know, almost four, going on four hundred years now that that they're doing it. So it's remarkable. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. So anyway, like, and, Lin, and Linda's German, so her family is you know in Bavaria, and we right. get to be there, and they you know they they've enjoyed. We've actually are they take, in that southern? They're in that they southern, southern section, southern then. area, yeah, okay. and we've uh, we've actually we actually took them to the Passion Play because they never went because they couldn't afford it. Wow. Uh, oh, so I we took they them. They were like, man, this is this is cool. Anyway, so tell tell us your great little That's, story about yeah. So over speaking America. of the the. Not being able to afford it, it was, uh, you know, we were in Oberammergau on our way. We had just come from seeing like Hitler's Eagle's Nest and all of that. And taking, we were taking um, family down to see Neuschwanstein, which is one of my favorites, you know. Yeah, that's one of of, uh, Ludwig's. Uh, castle, it's what they call the Disneyland castle because that's yeah, what, that's, that's what one it, Disney's modeled. That's after. what he modeled it after. It's beautiful, it's magnificent, stunning. It's absolutely stunning. So one of our favorite things. But Dan's family, his brothers and um, their wives had come over. So you know, all of us, no kids, just the six of us, were traveling around and enjoying. And um, we're heading down to Neuschwanstein and went to Oberammergau. And you know, Dan and I are young married. You know, we've only been married three or four years at this point and he's a you know first lieutenant in the air force and i'm teaching but i'm not making much money you know so it's not like we're, we're doing this all you know definitely um on a budget for sure but his brother john stewart you know they had been married longer far along in his career did not need to be there on a budget but we're going along with us on the budget anyway we go into this store in oberamagal and um walk in and it was just like, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Pretty Woman yep. um, with Julia Roberts and, and Richard Gere. And she walks into the store on the, yeah, you know, the yeah. nice, you know, the, the, I forget the name of that street in Hollywood. Rodeo you know, Drive. Really, Rodeo Drive. She walks in and the ladies won't tell her how much anything costs. Right. That was us in Oberammergau. <laughs> we walk in and I don't know. I mean, we were not that sketchy looking. I know we weren't. We were young, but we were not that sketchy looking. But we walked in and Vanessa went and picked something up. And she looks at like, she's like, could you tell you? And she asked her as much as she could in German, if she could ask her, tell her how much it was. And you don't want to know. <laughs> that was exactly <laughs> You don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, no, I'd really like to know. I, yeah. I may be interested in getting it. No, you may not know. <laughs> and that was it. That, that was it. And so we're like, okay, I guess we're leaving the store because she's not going to let us know what anything is. Yeah. She clearly was not enamored with us. No, no, that's funny. That is funny. Oh. Um, when we, uh, when actually the first time we went to the Passion Play was um, uh, 1984. But that was fiftieth mm-hmm. jubilee of them. Uh, I didn't. I didn't even know it existed, so I didn't know nothing right. about the Passion Play. So we 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 start in Vienna. Uh, we stay in Salzburg, and then we drive. Oh, we're going to drive to uh, uh, basically where where you talked about uh, Garmisch mm-hmm. um, uh, in you know Bavaria, uh, you right. know where there's uh, skiing and all kinds of you know beautiful places. So we're going to we're hey we're going to go there. We go to a hotel. Uh, you know, uh, kind of what they call bed and breakfast over there, really. And mm-hmm. um, we check in this Saturday, 
check in, and the guy says, oh, are you here for the passion play? Mm. I said, what do you mean? What's that? <laughs> he says, well, the passion play in Oberammergau. You know, it's, it's, it's been, you know, for it's been three and some years, and everybody comes to see the passion play. He said, I don't know anything about it. You know, he said, he said oh, it's pretty cool. Um, and I said, well, we're believers, so we'd love to go see it. I said, you know, how, how can we do that? He mm. said, well, you, you know, first of all, the tickets are all sold out. So, but you can, if you get there early, like at 6, 6.30 in the morning, probably you can find people who are selling tickets, you know, just give them cash. And, mm-hmm. then, I, and then I go into my pocket to see how much <laughs> I've got, and, and it's like, uh-oh, I, for, <laughs> I forgot something. Um, back then, remember, it wasn't Euro. It was every country was had the their mark. own. mark, yeah. And so it was a Deutschmark, but I had been in Austria, so I didn't have oh. Deutschmarks. I had Austrian money oh, and U.S. No. money, and the banks are closed. Oh. And I and I say to him, "Oh, doggone it!" I said, "I don't have any money. I don't have any cash. Right. I can't do that." And he says, "Oh, just hold on a second. <laughs> go, go in the back room. Comes out, gives me three hundred dollars worth of Deutschmarks, and says, "Here." Um, I said, "So you you're giving me this money to go?" He said, "Yeah." I said, "You know, just pay me back Monday when you can go to the bank." Get your money and bring. And you just and he didn't even ask me who I was. What I'm wow. just here. Here's the money. Go go do it. You know. And so okay. Oh, um, that's so cool. So I got the money. Um, and then you know we prayed. And Linda and I, you know, because you're this is only like the fourth fifth day of the trip, and we, you know, we're still a little bit jet lagged, and um, mm-hmm. uh, we're praying. You know, God, if you want us to go, wake us up. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, at uh, six o'clock, we hear the gigantic bells of the Catholic Church next door. <laughs> oh, no way. And we wake up and God says, you're up, get going, you know. And so <laughs> we went we went up there and, and got the tickets and, and we saw the Passion Play, you know. And, it and was, you guys have been there multiple times And we've been there now, multiple right? times. Yeah. So it's such a beautiful thing to do. I've so, heard you talk about how wonderful it is. So yeah. that uh, that German clock there is is a special thing and it's fun, yeah. it's fun for, you know, particularly with Linda being German. But as we're talking about prayer, uh, and again, uh, you know, it's just dialogue, and we learned last time with Jeremiah that you know, even when you're kind of discouraged and not sure, God says, "Well, just keep coming and ask me, talk to me, mm-hmm. be willing to listen. Let me share. I'm going to give you truth. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to tell you uh, what what I'm up to, and it'll be a joy to you." Um, this next story that we're going into is Daniel. Now, mm-hmm. uh, interesting enough, this is a consequence. He's living the consequence of what Jeremiah was part of. Okay. Um, and that is that uh, he said, uh, remember, if you repent, God won't, won't bring judgment. And they didn't listen. And God mm-hmm. actually, and you, you can read this throughout the, you know, Jeremiah, it says, he actually says, stop even asking that. Stop saying mm-hmm. that. Judgment they've, is coming. They, they've already passed that point, And they've already demonstrated they don't have a heart to repent. So that ain't going to happen. They're going to judge. But he's still gathering a remnant. But yeah. like I told you, I'm going to have a remnant. So tell them, if they have a heart to follow me, to get out of the city, mm-hmm. uh, surrender, don't fight. You're going to get captured. You're going to be taken to Babylonia, but I'm going to give you covenant life there. Be mm-hmm. different because you won't be able to have a temple. You won't be able to worship. You, there'll be various things that you can't do, but I'm still going to give you a uh, covenant life. I'm going to bless you to make you a blessing just different. Um, so then um, that's how it works out. They get judged. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar destroys the whole the whole area, which we other way we talked about. Remember Nehemiah, mm-hmm. that he's the one that came back and rebuilt it. So this is in right. between Jeremiah and Nehemiah. 
Okay. And Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are part of the remnant. Mm-hmm. So they go to Babylonia as young men, and they're that member. Young men means they're they're thirteen, fourteen, fifteen years old, mm-hmm. um, and they learn the education, become a wise man under Nebuchadnezzar, and they, they go through tests of, you know, uh, the food of of uh, if you don't eat the right food, you know, we're gonna kill you. Well, how about if I don't? And okay, and he got, works that miracle. Nebuchadnezzar has the dream. Mm-hmm. says, you got to tell me not only the interpretation, but what, what I dreamt. But what the dream was. And right? nobody could do it, but Daniel did because he knew God. Mm-hmm. And so he was you know, uh, promoted even then. Uh, then he had uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown in the, in the fire because they wouldn't worship the image. And Christ shows up and saves them. So they have that you know, wonderful experience. Uh, uh, he uh, continues to you know, give dream interpretation. And then... Ultimately, Daniel's in a problem where he doesn't change his pattern of worship and praying, mm-hmm. talking to God publicly. And so they cast him into the lion's den. Of course, he's saved mm-hmm. and, and done that. So this is all after that. Um, and by the way, uh, we got to remember, and we have a tendency to think that Daniel was constantly struggling with these tests. But in the first six, seven uh, verse chapters of Daniel, it, it spans uh, about 70, 80 years. Right. So it's just a couple. Yeah, so we're getting the highlight reel. You're getting the highlight in just a couple <laughs> times. Otherwise, he's having a grand life, mm-hmm. um, and, he, and he's living. Okay, so it's after this that Daniel is given a vision mm-hmm. uh, from God, and he recognizes it and basically says, "I don't, I don't have any idea what this is. I, I can, I can record it, mm-hmm. and I do, I do have a vivid image of it." What does it mean? Mm-hmm. Okay, so God sends Gabriel, the angel, to tell him. Mm-hmm. And, he, and in chapter 8, he tells him the interpretation of the dream. Here's what it is, uh, which, by the way, it's about judgment. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we know something. Now, because he said it's judgment, Daniel's first interpretation of that is what? What he's just been through. What has he been through himself? Well, he's already seen these things going on around. He's seen judgment. Yeah. So he's saying, oh, you're talking about Israel um, and the time of Israel. I've already, yeah, I've already been through that. And so uh, help me understand what that means relative to uh, the judgment that I've already understand. Right. Uh, and, of course, God says, well, um, yes and no. There's more to it. So why don't you talk to me some more and let's, let's see what it says. Okay, so that's chapter 9 is... He's gotten the vision. He's gotten the beginning of the interpretation of the vision. Okay. And now he goes to God, and he takes it a certain direction, and we'll see We'll see where it goes. So read verses 1 through 19. Uh, this is him now talking to God. Sure. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, in the lineage of the Medes, who was, the, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the book's the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make requests by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. And I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession and said, O Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and with those who keep his commandments, we've sinned and committed iniquity We have done wickedly and rebelled, even by departing from your precepts and your judgments. 
Neither have we heeded your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings and our princes, to our fathers and all the people of the land. O Lord, righteousness belongs to you, but to us shame of face, as it is this day to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all Israel, those near and those far off in all the countries to which you have driven them, because of the unfaithfulness which they have committed against you. O Lord, to us belongs shame of face, to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against him. We have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws, which he set before us by his servants, the prophets. Yes, all Israel has transgressed your law and has departed so as not to obey your voice. Therefore, the curse and the oath written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out on us because we have sinned against him. And he has confirmed his words, which he spoke against us and against our judges who judged us by bringing upon us a great disaster under the whole heaven such as have never been done as what has been done to Jerusalem. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come upon us, yet we have not made our prayer before the Lord our God that we might turn from our iniquities and understand your truth. Therefore the Lord has kept the disaster in mind and brought it upon us, for the Lord our God is righteous in all the works which he does, though we have not obeyed his voice. And now, O Lord our God, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and made yourself a name, as it is this day, we have sinned, we have done wickedly. O Lord, according to all your righteousness, I pray, let your anger and your fury be turned away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain, because for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jer fathers Jerusalem and your people are a reproach to all those around us. Now, therefore, our God, hear the prayer of your servant and his supplications, and for the Lord's sake, cause your face to shine on your sanctuary, which is desolate. O oh, my God, incline your ear and hear, open your eyes and see our desolations and the city which is called by your name. For we do not present our supplications before you because of righteous deeds, but because of your great mercies. O oh, Lord, hear, O oh, Lord, forgive, O oh, Lord, listen and act. Do not delay for your own sake, my God, for your city and your people are called by your name. Okay. Uh, so he's been told it's, it's judgment. Um, he says, I know, <laughs> I get it. Mm. Um, and he, you know, think of these 19 verses. He's basically repeating scripture. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Uh, how did he even be able to do that because remember he's he's not saying okay wait a second I'm gonna go study and come back mm -hmm. he just starts to pray it right okay so he's praying the word right um, and Which we'll, he we'll, knows because we'll, he has studied it and spent time in it okay so uh, your prayer life is to dialogue with God about what you're learning mm -hmm. in Scripture which is to build your library of truth, of logos, so that God can, can interpret it to rhema, rhema being personal application. Right. And it applies now, it applies to these things now. And um, he didn't you know, say, I don't really know much about that, I gotta go study it. Mm -hmm. It's no, I've, I've abided in this and I know the truth of it. Um, okay, now think about how that developed is, um, he he was a youngster mm -hmm. and judged, 
and part of the remnant that was carried off. Right. Um, now he's over in Babylonia. Think of the fundamental question that he and everybody in the remnant had about the, about the judgment. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened? <laughs> right. Uh, what you know? Because it was it was really remember their children. Uh, they had parents with them, but their children, and they're not sure what what happened here. What why mm-hmm. why are we in this situation? Why did this go so awry? Yeah. Um, and see, their parents could say, well, actually, because remember Jeremiah said. Uh, if you're going to join the remnant, you got to understand something. Why? Well, because God spoke to us, and He even says it here. Moses, the first five books of the Bible called the Pentateuch, particularly Deuteronomy, um, has stated what they are. The problem: mm-hmm. if if you if you walk away from it, you're going to get judged. Um, and so his parents kind of knew that, and so okay, let's go let's go process that. And the word says, the word says, the word says. Okay, Jeremiah, or excuse me, Daniel, has studied this, received it, processed it to where he can speak it. Mm-hmm. He's not, let me go read it again and let me see, or wait a minute, you just said judgment, I better go study judgment. He says, I already know that, I already know about this. Right. Um, and I understand it because I processed this already. So now that you have given me a vision, you mm-hmm. said pay attention, Gabriel came and told me it's judgment. Mm-hmm. And so I have I'm, context for this. So I have context. Yeah. So my, my reaction is, so really you're saying something about us mm-hmm. and the fact that in order for us not to be judged, we have to repent. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really haven't fully done that. We, we've kind of repented, but we haven't really fully done it. So I understand me and my family, my ancestors, they send... They didn't follow you. We're in the remnant. We're in a different place. We've been judged. Um, um, I'm going to now come before you and say, you know, what have you got to say now to us? Because we have a heart to do this. Is this when you're going to save us, restore mm-hmm. us? Uh, so his question is more, based on what I heard you say initially, I think it applies to this. Is this the time that you're going to do it? Right. Okay, now we know something about that. Was that the time that God was going to restore him back to Israel? No. No. Um, who did he say that to? Nehemiah. Mm-hmm. That's a quite a time after this. Um, so he's thinking, uh, is, this, is this why you're telling me this? That you want us to say, you know, what do you got to say about this? And is this the time? And are you going to do something about it? Because remember, God, Daniel knows God can act supernaturally, no problem. He's, mm-hmm. got, he's got that down completely. Um, what do you got to say and about this? And he knows this? that by experience. By yeah. experience. And if you're, if you're saying it's time to go and you want me to do something, I'm ready to go. Let's go. Is that what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, and here's my understanding of that truth that I've abided in. And so I'm going to say back to you the truth. And is that what you're talking about? Um, so it's a, it's a legitimate thought because he, he got stimulated by the comment of Gabriel. Right. Okay. Uh, Let's read what happens. Uh, Now read verses 20 through 27. Sure. And by the way, we've we've, uh, read this. You and I have read this Mm -hmm. uh, quite at different times because we do it on good times. Excuse me, on good times. Well, it's good times. Uh, End times times Friday, (laughs) what happens to come out of this uh, Mm -hmm. section. Go ahead. Sure. 
um, says, Now while I was speaking, praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of the evening offering. And he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I have now come forth to give you skill to understand. At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out, and I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring, an everlast to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Know, therefore, and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and sixty-two weeks. The street shall be built again, and the wall, even in the troublesome times. And after sixty-two weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself, and the people of the Prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with a flood. Till the end of the war, desolations are determined. And till the end of the war, desolations are determined. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. But in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abominations shall be the one who makes desolate, even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate. Okay. Um... So, um, you know, he's basically saying, Daniel's saying, you've, you've made a statement. Um, I receive it. It, it. Therefore, based on my understanding of truth, it refers to this, which is, mm -hmm. you know, are you going to restore us? Uh, and by the way, I know the condition. we got to repent. So mm -hmm. I confess. We repent. We're ready to go. This is it. Let's go. Well, um, he makes that prayer. And talks to God, you know. So this is my, this is what I'm thinking, and I'm using what you've said already. Mm -hmm. While I was speaking, praying, confessing my, you know, in other words, he's going through all this. Who shows up? And Gabriel comes in. <laughs> Gabriel comes in and says, "Well, since the time that you sought the mm -hmm. the understanding of the vision, by the way, and that's that's a beautiful thing is when you have dreams. By the way, mm -hmm. that's something we're supposed to ask. What does that mean?" Right. Um, and, you know, help learn that that is, uh, you know, Kathy and I experience dreams. We help other people interpret them, not because we're anything special. It's just we can ask God and say, help us get interpretation. Right. And, and there is something about it. You know, dreams are God's way of, of giving indication. So he has a vision, has a dream. Uh, what does it mean? Gabriel says a few things, and then he says, okay, uh, my understanding of that is this. And then what else you got to say to me? Well, Gabriel mm -hmm. says... Because you have a heart to hear, let me tell you. Okay, in a essence, lot more here. <laughs> uh, what did he just tell him? He just gave him all kinds of prophecy of the end times, actually. I, I give you the entire rest of history. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, it's 70 more weeks, which is going to be 490 years. And uh, 62 weeks is from the time of the uh, judgment and, mm -hmm. and the seeking of... Uh, return, which by the way God had already promised everybody, mm -hmm. um, is between now and then. That's when the Messiah is coming, and and Jesus came exactly uh, 
the the timeline of 62 weeks, uh, mm. which was um, uh, 400 and, and I think it's 34 years uh, wow. later, exactly. Um, and so he's telling you the Messiah's coming and it's mm-hmm. gonna be 434 years. Um, he's going to uh, uh, basically be there um, and uh, you're gonna have uh, a time, he's gonna have a time on earth and then at the end of that, it's gonna be one week left. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when certain things are gonna happen. And that is, he says, the Antichrist mm-hmm. is gonna come against everybody. And in the middle of the seven weeks, three and a half years, is uh, he's gonna have the abomination of desolation, which is I'm gonna declare, he's gonna declare himself to be God. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, interesting enough, um, he had already told Daniel about that and it, the abomination of desolation, when he told it to Daniel the first time, was about what was going to happen in 183 BC. So another three or four hundred years later, when Antiochus Epiphanes uh, went and went into Jerusalem and said, "I'm God," and he just he mm-hmm. took everything out of the temple, and it's called the abomination of desolation. And Daniel refers to that. Right. Um, but he's also saying, hey, guess what? It's going to happen at the end, too, with the Antichrist. And Jesus mm-hmm. refers to that. Um, so it's really cool that he says, so it's about this, right? Well, uh, it's more than that. Um, it is about restoration. And, and things are going to get restored. But by the way, not in your lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to get restored. And what's really, what I really want to tell you is what? The Messiah is coming. And there's going to be a whole bunch of detail that you're the people are going to know and including you me and everybody else right now we get the privilege of having understood what daniel did and received is it implies to the end oh that's that's what this is about so god said yeah let me take what you know you had a heart to keep going i added to the interpretation of it the understanding of it because it really refers to this and i just gave you a whole bunch of new information Mm -hmm. um that nobody else knew, and I get, but I gave it to you because you have a heart to hear it. Write it down. <laughs> so, um, so we get the privilege of it, you know. So, think about the prayer: is God interjects, does something, says something, shows something, a vision. What is that? Judgment. Oh well, then I I think I understand it. Uh, not really. Uh, let me tell you more. Let tell you more. Tell you more until what? Well, now I understood it. And of course, we the rest right. of Daniel is really going into the depth. Of, well. What? <laughs> Could you tell me what more about what Valid is that question? <laughs> what exactly is this? You know, tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. So he actually went deeper than we get to have nor because mm-hmm. he said, oh, so it's not just about this. No, it's about that. Okay. Well, then tell me more about that. And, and prayer, prayer, prayer is just dialogue, discussion. Mm-hmm. I understand what I, I believe truth is from scripture is this. Could you help me understand it more? And that's the beauty of prayer. Yeah. That that we have, and so Daniel One got the got the privilege I think of, it. of when I see this too. Um, that I'm just reminded. I mean, in in all kinds of situations throughout the Bible, we see this, but Daniel's faithfulness to prayer, and being willing to stay with God and process through all of this, and then obediently record. You know, were he not that faithful in his abiding and mm. impressing, we wouldn't have some of these indicators no. that God has given us. I mean, God used Daniel's faithful yes of staying in the process of prayer and asking the questions in order to inform generations of believers of what was to come. Right. 
So, I mean, there's beautiful ripple effects beyond just the person involved in the prayer. That's right. That's right. And and uh, and just again, if he would have said, "Okay, God, it, see you later," he mm-hmm. would have never gotten the rest of it. We we wouldn't have either. Right. Uh, right. So it's important to just say, you know, are you, you know, what else do you got to tell me? Keep going. And be Keep open going. to God opening up things that. Well, I know you think it's this, but let me show you what something else mm-hmm. about it and. And how fun was that, you know, for Daniel right. to, you know, to be that, and for, of course, fun for us. So, we just want your prayer life to be fun, enjoyable. Uh, keep seeking, keep interesting, keep uh, receiving, um, and don't think you understand it. Just say, you know, do you have anything more you want to show me? And I'm, I have a heart, heart to receive it, particularly as you're abiding in His Word. So we encourage you to do that. And uh, we know we've gone a little bit long today, but uh, it was kind of a fun thing with Daniel. And yeah, uh, absolutely. We'll pick up uh, uh, Habakkuk next. But I uh, hope you hope you enjoyed this and uh, receive the beauty of prayer. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Have a great afternoon. Yep. See you soon. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.